Hello and welcome to another episode of Progressive Mindset, the podcast for entrepreneurs looking to progress their minds and their businesses. I'm Bradley Monday. And I'm Jason Kemsley. Let's jump into uh, a topic which I apologise for some of you listening might not be the most applicable right now, but certainly will be if you continue listening to some of the wisdom uh, that we may feel like sharing. Um, and it's, it's very much talking about expansion, talking about expanding your business. That might be to an overseas location, that might be somewhere else in your country. But what should you think about? What do you need to prepare? What do you need to do? And is it as scary as it seems? Because I don't think it is. Not, maybe not if you do it the, the right way. I think it was, it was definitely one of, you know, I, I think our, our biggest risk we took in the early days was opening an office on the other side of the world. And literally. And that was, yeah. Um, and that was, that was scary. I mean, yeah. it was scary to think about. Um, actually, the delivery of wasn't, wasn't quite so, quite so scary. One of the key things is you're not going to be there, right? Whether it is in country or overseas is most people are tend to work from their office regularly. They're, they're present with their team. Uh, so when we start to talk about, you know, maybe it's halfway up the country or, you know, it's, it's a, across seas, you're not going to be present. So how you as a leader probably delivered a lot of the, the, the culture and, and, you know, the, why the business does what it does and the way that people behave, you know, the amount of influence you have on your teams. It's yeah, phenomenal. I, absolutely. And it is, there, there are two, there are multi facets to this, I guess, right. But the first thing is, it is a really good look to have multiple locations. Depending on what type of business you're in, it is quite a good look to be able to go on the contact us or the about and see that they're up there, over here, down here. It mm. does give the impression of a more mature, more polished, more perfected business. So many, let's go from sort of ground up, many do go and get remote offices or addresses to increase that perception from from a from a serviced office space, right? It's it's an office that you could send a mail to, but you you rock up and no one's going no one's going to be there. Absolutely, but we're talking about no, we're physically needing now to put a body over there or up north or down south or whatever that may be, and especially in the US, right? It's so vast mm -hmm. that expansion is quite a it's quite a common thing, right? We've we've sort of We've nailed our market or our state, now we're moving to the next state and so on and so on. So to, the first thing I would like to jump into is, and you were the advocate for this, so kudos to you, but sometimes the data doesn't have to show that it is the right decision. So as a business leader, you know typically what your market wants or needs. Yeah. And sometimes, we've done an episode on harnessing fear, sometimes you just need to jump in at the deep end and because you go always find a way. Yeah, agreed. And and that that does come from going into going into new places. So with with globalization, I think having overseas offices is is more and more common, right? Yeah. And the demands of many many services are to be delivering them, yeah, you know, extended hours at best around the clock um, is is also very very common. So we're we're going to see. Um, more of that but if it's a service that you don't offer currently how do you gather that data in terms of you know knowing knowing it's the right thing to do so 
you could you know survey customers ask customers but we've said in previous episodes if you want to be market leading customers will usually respond to this is what i currently buy this is what based on what's out there in the market what i know this is what i currently want yeah right or need because they don't know any they don't know any better so to be out there uh, and in front of everything sometimes you've got to make these decisions with surveys aren't going to cut it you know data data within your business isn't going to be there because you don't have that office or that location yet you do have to work out for us it was a what's it going to cost to do it for a year yeah and what happens if it goes wrong you know can we can we afford to bankroll it for a year is it easy to roll out of if it if it hasn't worked out for any for any reason and that's key if it's going to bankrupt you to go and set up an over <laughs> overseas office and you don't have data to back up that that's a good bet absolutely then you have to minimize the risk as much as possible but you can only do that by having a good business in the original location and and all i mean about good business is it can operate it runs you can be out for a day or two here or there you have to have we're not talking about if if you haven't nailed your area we don't want to be looking at expanding into the next state or up north because we don't have a business model that is tried and tested right yeah agreed so we need to be we need to be at a level where okay if everything goes wrong i can still pay my bills and you know that might be a little bit tighter than it was before or whatever but i can still make my payments make my bills it goes back to that being building your business to to sell it whether you're going to sell it or not building it to, to sell it is you're going to have the right processes and the right things in place to mean that actually you can go off and focus it, it takes focus away Absolutely. from what you were doing so it's about making sure that you've got the right team of people that are going to be able to deliver um, and, and get that focus i would suggest having a successor in mind not not to take your role as owner, director, whatever, but someone that you know is going to step up and lead the culture or lead the, no, that's not right, that's not how we do things, when you are absent or that person is absent and you become that person, whatever way around it is. But um, too many, I see too many times someone spring up a new office or, or expand and then, right, let's hire in the area of job done. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about that then. Let's move on to hiring. Who's who's going to be you know, the, the face of the brand in, in this location internally? And one thing we've had really good success with is finding someone internally who's an A player. Look for that A player. Who's embodying your values? Yep. Uh, who can be just left alone to deliver and doesn't need that, that constant guidance? We we took a little bit of a risk in certain places when we when we opened up our first remote office. We were actually still a relatively small business, and so there wasn't that finished article to go. Hey, how about you go and give this a whirl? This might be your next challenge. We were also asking someone to uproot and move across the world, so that again might might mean that the the people that are willing to do that. Uh, you know, it diminishes a little bit. So you've got to find someone that's great core values fit, really embodies your business culture, but is moldable perhaps, and and has yeah. the ability to 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 grow into the role over time. Yeah. To to summarise, someone that's been through a two week onboarding process is not the person you want leading your business at the forefront. 
and and you know this this topic dives into many areas but that that goes back to understanding where you're where the the team want to be in three years five years we had quite an organic fit where there was an individual who wanted to go traveling a little bit or see somewhere else and yeah. happened to also be an a player so right let's work over the next six months to get you to the point where you can go do that if you have more than two personnel or three personnel you probably have someone that is looking for a challenge we do have in in the sme space you do have a culture of personnel that want to they work in smes because they don't like doing the same thing every day they yeah. don't want to be in corporate world they don't want to be a number it's challenging it's challenging it's absolutely That's so you've stuff. probably highly likely got an individual that meets what you need it's, it's about just making sure that you have helped bring them up to speed mm-hmm. what and i don't, don't want to go too far backwards and forwards on topics but one of the biggest surprises i had was I knew, right, I'm going to have to spend some time working with these. And in our case, it was out of hours. Yeah. What I didn't anticipate is how much that stops you from being the best version of yourself in hours. So I thought, well, it's okay. What you I'll can't do work is, all the hours. Yeah, I'll just work nine till four. I'll have some, some tea. I'll go to the gym. And then I'll come back on nine and I'll work with them. Yeah. And I thought, no, I've got enough hours in the day. It's just hard work. I'll just do it. Well, what it does do when you go back to focus is you then take your eye off the ball a little bit when it comes to the existing business or the existing place. And it's not through lack of trying, but you just can't apply the same level of detail or the same level of attention to the same things when you're spreading yourself so thinly. I agree. And I think we should come back to, let's come back to that because I think managing that is actually something we should probably dig into. But I want to roll back before we lose it, just quickly to... We've talked about taking someone internally that might not have the skills and moving them um, overseas to run that business. Yeah, th- this podcast is largely uh, put out there for people that are sat in with with smaller businesses that have got big aspirations, right? Yep. Is there are larger businesses out there that will watch what we've just said and go, but what I do is I just throw money at the idea of someone that's been there, done that in that location. Yep. And I bring them into my business. Maybe I fly them over. Maybe they come and feel the culture and get a feel for how we do things. And and then they go back, right? We're What we're trying to do is give new ideas to, to the smaller businesses that just can't afford to do that, like we were. Yeah. We, you know, we wanted to be this market-leading organization and really disrupt. But and that doesn't disrupt, you don't follow the grain. Don't follow the grain. And it also means you're not necessarily got big, deep pockets that mean you can go and hire that expert and you've got to rely on growing existing people, giving an opportunity. Yeah, you know, so many good things that make you feel good and warm and fuzzy. But that's that's why we're suggesting this is you never I don't I don't think you're really ever too small to be going, you know, what does my business look like? And how do I make this 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 awesome thing that can impact globally? Yeah. You can. You've just got to think outside the box a little bit. It's not about being able to afford the huge salary to open that next thing. And I thought it was worth coming back to explain why we're talking about taking someone that might not be capable right now of, of delivering and growing those, you know, those businesses and, uh, at the moment. So I just wanted to go back there just to explain that's that's why. And so hopefully if you are a bit smaller, you, go, you know what, this is, this is within reach. This is, I can, I can I go and I can, I can deliver this. I just need to look at it 
slightly slightly differently. Which is is the reason I love episodes like this because a book would tell you that's a silly idea and and no you should do XYZ before you conquer another market, yeah. etc. Actually the the benefit, the advantage we have people listening have in SMEs, etc., is we're agile. We don't have yeah. to follow a playbook of you do this, then you do this, then you IPO, then you get investors, or then you do acquisition. You don't have to follow that playbook of here's the tra traditional way yeah. of reaching a goal. You, you possibly end up there at some point anyway, but that journey up to there is different. very much with some planning, some risk management, etc. but you navigate according to the business needs, the business feelings. When possibly... I don't know, I can't remember how quick it was, but the time from we think we need an overseas location to we now need an overseas location and the decision was made was a super short period. It was, and had we made, we got we got struck by, by fear on that one, I think. We should have made our decision six months before we did. And that six months actually had quite an impact into our growth, I would have said, for probably... 12 to 18 months afterwards because yeah. we were just behind the curve. We needed to have people in the location ready to go when the requirement was there rather than actually the requirement crept up on us because we had the fear of you know, taking the plunge. We take, hadn't listened to a podcast or like this or yeah. we didn't know or had seen anyone that had been there and done it that just gives you that little bit of <laughs> confidence <laughs> to actually just, just take the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, had we, or maybe looked at ourselves, or you know, someone else talking about similar, possibly that six months earlier. And so, I, ho I hope if anything, there is someone listening that that you, know, you take you take take value away from this. It's so it's about understanding, and, and we understood even six months earlier. We understood what's it going to cost. Yep. What's it going to deliver? How are we going to sell it, and at what price? The financials and how we back out. Yeah, and how we back out if it goes wrong. We knew that the financials worked. We had people internally that were bought into the idea of of doing it and if it failed they'd just come back you know everyone had an exit plan. Yeah. no one was going to be left high and dry which meant we felt good about it you know as humans it was it yeah. was the right thing to do it was an ethical thing uh, to do and we should have just pressed the button that that little bit earlier absolutely and to go back to an earlier point i don't want to jump too much back into detail of our example but that decision set up us up set us up as a market leader because no one else had made that decision no one else had the conviction to decide and and this works in multiple ways i'm trying to think of different analogies or different ways but if you're a i go back to cleaning business just because it, it feels like a a good one if you're a cleaning business in michigan and you're in us and you spring up an office in new york and you can get some customers and make it work. That's a really cool story that then, that comes back to your team, hey, we've got the New York office, that comes back to your marketing, yeah, hey, if we do one well in New York, you know, we, we've proven we can do this for some of the top businesses, and so now we, we're bringing it to Michigan. It, it starts to really change the dynamic of your conversations, mm -hmm. away from, we are that small business down the road from you, that personal touch, which yeah, every, everyone has that. Yeah, everyone has a very similar story in the SME world of, oh, I fell into this, or this was an accident, or whatever it may be. 
Whereas this really gives you your uniques. It gives you your, this is why we're different. It, it does, and, and as you say, it gives, the, it gives your internal people that drive to, hang on a minute, I really want to see where, where's this thing going to go? You know, the same, the same drive that it gives you yeah. as, a, as a leader. The team are going to have that as well and be like, you know, I'm bought, I'm bought into this journey, where does it go next? And so communication comes into that. I think that's probably another point we need to touch is the whole, how do we communicate to this, this wider business now? Um, and certainly we were discussing it just just yesterday in terms of we've now got you know this, this much bigger team how do we make sure that the communication's on point um, so that everyone yeah, understands where they go in and removes any concern uh, around that I think we should stop for, for a warning there in terms of the reason you don't open up another business either elsewhere in the country or overseas is because you've allowed number of people or number of locations to run away with you yep i've seen many many a founder go i've got this many people great you making any money you know like it's yeah yeah the, the number of bodies or the number of locations makes doesn't no, make you a good business owner yeah no it, it absolutely doesn't it's that's that's vanity and we need to quash anything we're doing for vanity very very early on in our business journey for sure so it, it's got to have a purpose. It must have a purpose for, for your business. You must understand what it's going to, or what you think it's going to add before you before you can press the button. Absolutely. And, and it doesn't really segue, but the one of the things, and there are huge benefits to it, I wanted to touch upon one other th benefit that I, when we spoke in the last episode about, you know, we've been off camera and stuff for a little while because of this M&A, um, this merger and acquisition that we've been uh, doing, that new office really does give a kick of life into, as you said, the team, but also yourself, mm -hmm. is when you open that other office, a new set of challenges appear, a new set of problems, sure. which you probably would have faced in your original business at some point, but you've expedited maybe some of the process. And so if you are a, a business leader that, maybe feel stale or I don't love what I do anymore. This is also, as, as entrepreneurs, we have a subconscious. We want to feel like we're making progress. And being challenged. And being That's challenged it, isn't it? with different challenges, mm -hmm. right? There's definitely a, if you see the same challenges every day, you, you very quickly become complacent or, or you, you take your eye off the ball. The expansion was a great subsequent thing for us because it really reinvigorated yeah, get both the of us and it gave us that, whoa, now we've got to make this work. We've got to make this challenge fixed, this problem overcome. Yeah. Um, and it's possibly the only reason we can record a podcast such as this is because you take those deep dives. You, you just look over the edge of the board and you just jump. With, with a, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know there's a no, ball. No, you know, yeah, there's something the same below, but uh, yeah, no, I agree. Should we go back to, um, no, I stopped you there when we started talking about taking your eye off the ball of what's what's happening in your existing business. And I think that's that's a key thing. I think there's two more things that I would love to, for us to cover is how do we manage that, but also talk about the communication um, between the existing and, and the new team, as it were. So EOS, we've talked about EOS a lot, and I, th and I think that, is the answer is a framework of some description to make sure that you know what you're tracking. You're not going to be in, you're not going to be seeing the same stuff. And 
I definitely didn't necessarily understand the amount of value that just being present and being able to go, oh, I've that. overheard something, yeah. right? And, and perhaps the new world of remote working has has actually made that less of a less of a thing. But I think it still holds an awful lot of values when you hear stuff and just being around being around the team. So you're going to lose that yeah. either way now. So making sure that your framework, whatever it might be, is is tracking the key metrics. What is it that we need to know to make sure that our business is still on on track? Are our customers happy? Are we doing the right money? You know those, those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that'll be different for every business. You've got to decide what matters to you, so that you can get these. Get these but things. you need a way to know. Okay, when have I got to put my attention back to where where I came from? Um, quite literally, because. And it, and it, you know, I know we talk about EOS, but it doesn't have to be as complicated. Not that EOS is complicated, but it it can start as, let's have a weekly catch up where we go over the five biggest things that happen. Is you can put some sort of format in, yeah. But you need a regular touch point. This isn't a, I'm going to go do this and then I don't do that. You need to keep regular touch points, regular opportunities for personnel to raise things with you um not to feel there is a, a problem with hey i've gone over here now these feel unloved or or they don't feel like it's I get, change I get your time is change isn't it and people don't like change so when you're when your team feel that you've you've removed yourself yeah it's, it's not necessarily the you know the lack of your presence um maybe it is some some part of it but it's that just oh i Making sure they feel part of the, part of the, the same thing, right? Is very easy when you sit you sit across the room from 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 someone, making them feel included and that sort of stuff. Because you'll just talk about stuff that wouldn't have landed, you know, yeah. on, on their plate usually. So when you then when that stops happening, it is easy to feel disconnected. I think from well, what's what's happening now? So make sure you've got your stats. So yep. that we can track what's going on, we can get a pulse of the business. I think that's probably the best way to to describe it. You, you know, is it still running as it used to, or has something changed? And it's just that alert to might be a good change, might be a a bad change, but just understanding that it's there, discuss it, and understand it. You know, if the office is functioning better without you, awesome, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, but understand why? Who you know? Who's driving that? What's what's happened? What's changed? So that you can you know be be part of that and drive more of it. The next thing is this communication piece. We've already said you're, you're removing yourself, therefore those little touch points that you would have had where you'd have shared tidbits of information, yep, not happening anymore. So you are, you're, um, you know, you're, you're the marketing uh, side of things and that sort of stuff. So let's hear from from internal marketing is then needed, right? Yeah, um, internal marketing is needed. You know, whatever you. To a business leader, things that often seem insignificant would be significant to others. So um, when I was overseas, I didn't even think about, let's take a picture with the team and send it back because it's not really a big thing. I'm just mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm just taking them out for dinner or whatever. I, they took a picture, sent it back. Oh, cool. Nice to see you all together. Nice to, nice to see you having a good time. Things that might seem significant to you, uh, insignificant to you are still super important. You can't over communicate when it comes to this this type of thing. Is you have to communicate about literally everything and anything, 
that that feels that could be worthwhile. If you think it could, it is, and you should communicate. Um, but also, don't assume that people don't care about it. Yeah. So, so you know, whether you think it's insignificant or whether you think someone's not going to care, you just have to. You just have to post. Sometimes you won't get a reaction. Oh, that looks great. But subconsciously they've seen it. The business is driving forward. It looks like we're heading in the right direction. Okay. Um, a lot of marketing is subconscious. It is how I f- how it makes me feel inside when I think about it. Yeah, and I, so I think uh, you've you've touched on a point that I don't I don't resonate with. Not because I think it's wrong, just because I really struggle with posting for. I always describe it. Of, yeah, I always describe it as posting for the sake of posting. Is it just you know I'm, I'm a value creator. I want to make sure that there's there's always value. And so I think it's a multi-pronged approach. You need to have purposeful internal marketing at this point to make sure that people feel engaged with just what's happening. They are keeping their pulse on the stuff that's yeah. going on within the business. But if you're more of a a, a purposeful creator, it can't hurt to when something does happen that's that's meaningful. Use a different medium to to share that. That might be an email that goes out. It might be that the, the marketing that's happening is happening by either another individual or by the marketing department. Yep. And then you as you as the leader that doesn't really feel comfortable with that are just sharing the key bits of information that you feel are going to make an impact because you can you can drive that passion into into the writing and you know get that out there assuming it's it written it might be video it's it can be anything i but you have to do something yeah um, that's agreed and and video is great because you get an element of personal touch to it but um you have to do something in their perception their eyes we had this person around all the time they've gone somewhere don't quite understand what they're doing where they've gone and now they're just not really around that much. Yeah, that's the perception with with zero marketing. So the first thing is, we want them to see, hey, this is the type of leadership team or person you want to work with because they're really pushing the needle. So that communication, and you probably don't want to do it time and time again, could be, hey, just let everyone know I'm overseas or wherever. I'm in the other office working hard with the team to improve processes. Whatever. Yep. That has a lot of value. Hey, I'm just over here. We've got this new customer. We're growing over here. As long as we, there, there's two things. You can't over communicate, but you can if you if you use the same point, time and time again. Because people become numb to it. So they have to be show. buried. It goes both ways as well, right? Is your team is still going to be used? I don't know a business that I've worked with in recent times that doesn't use a Teams, uh, a Yammer, a Slack. It doesn't matter what it is, but they they've got you know, real-time communication happening, the likelihood is you used, you used to engage with that. It's it's really important to continue to engage, even if it's four hours after the fact because you're in different time zones and things. It's really important to continue to engage in the stuff that's continuing to happen. Absolutely. That, that the initial act of expanding is moment, you've created momentum. The minute marketing momentum and marketing are they're they're one and the same. If you have momentum, you have marketing, and vice versa. It's the hardest thing to get. It's the easiest thing to lose. Yeah. And so, keeping up that positivity, 
that acknowledgement of this is what's going on, etc., both internally and externally, are the single biggest things that could decide if that office was successful yep. or unsuccessful. Get by and we'll, we'll jump into, in a future episode, expanding products or services. Yeah. But the same applies. Whatever any expansion of any kind, the single biggest win or lose factor will be how much do people know about this? How much does it do money-wise, sales? Are people bought in? Do they see it as a bad thing? And so you're showing it as a, this is a step forward. Yeah. There's, um, this, this might be an interesting topic to finish up on. And it's not necessarily wholly attached to just opening up another office, but expansion in, in terms of team in general. We've taken quite different approaches to how we interact with our teams, right? Is I, I'm still very much in, I've always had a, a silly joke with the team or something, that's, that's just me. I'll get involved in what's happening, be that via, via teams or be that in person. You know, I'll still engage in those things that are just happening amongst the teams. We've had discussions where you've quite purposefully and thought about this and felt that as, as part of our growth, you've needed to um, go, go through a, an element of maturity, you might, you might put it, in terms yep. of not necessarily engaging, not com- shutting off completely, but there, there's been that purposeful thing and, and we've got quite different views, or <laughs> we're just quite different people and maybe we align with, actually there's not a wrong and a right way, but I'd like to sure. discuss that a little bit. There's not a wrong and a right way, and I think had you not been the way you are, I possibly wouldn't. I don't know where if if it was just yeah. me where I, I think I would have probably stayed where you sit, laughing and joking. Um, my my prob my biggest problem as an individual is, uh, I if I jumped into laughing and jokey, I typically stay there and I then struggle to switch back to seriousness, and so. What I'm super okay. conscious of is when it comes to, you know, after this acquisition, meeting new people, etc., is them them liking me and enjoying working with me, but I I remain consistent as that person because otherwise they're not gonna know not, not what gonna they're gonna what, get. Yeah. Um and, and I think that's more I think that kind of, you know, I think I have everyone's got something. I think I have a small bipolar thing somewhere where Outside of work, I can very quickly switch between a few different versions of myself. So in work, I try and be a very consistent version. I can jump into laughs and jokes, but then I'll make it very clear I've stopped that. I, I think, and I think that's important. You're not trying to be people's friends. Yeah. yeah. When I when I do something, it's quite a natural. It's quite Absolutely. a natural thing. That's me. That's not me trying to befriend you know, the team. It's not an active. You know, it's yeah. You know, I like I like these people. Get on with these people, but it's just me. It's just me being me, and I didn't want that to change because I don't because I don't purpose. And I think that there's you know our audience. You might resonate with one or the other, and so that's why I wanted to dig into it. Is wanted to understand a little bit about why you took that pers- purposeful thing and and why I why I didn't, and I I struggle with that intentional change of my own behaviour. Yeah, and I think it would have caused more problems with, with the team because, I think it would have reduced my engagement with them. I, you know, an authenticity that authenticity wouldn't have come through. And I'm not suggesting that what you do is not authentic. No, no, it's, it. it's you, right? And it's so it's 
But it's, it's something simple, right? Like at the start of the year, um, and we spoke about this, I, I, I made a commitment to myself, I will not go into the office without wearing a shirt and trousers. Yeah. Whereas before, would have worn it, it is always good to wear trousers in the office. <laughs> <laughs> it's an HR nightmare. And and that is, you know, that was a, a very small thing, but kind of stuff got serious. Like there's quite a few people now that depend on this business. There's quite a few, there's quite a bit of seriousness. And so I have to try and limit how many times I dip into the silly version of myself. Mm-hmm. Because now a lot of people are also depending upon me. And so it's probably a bit of fear as well. And so the the shirt and the, the trousers and the... That was a subconscious and conscious way of, okay, I need to be on my game. Every time I'm in that office, I need to be on my game. I, yeah. you can't have, I can't have an off day. Because the decisions you're now making could sometimes be the difference between a really bad thing or a really good thing. And I need to give myself the best chance of making that decision. So I need to be professional. And that behaviour does that. Um, that said, you know, we're, we're in the office, um, or we just visited one of the overseas office, and I was very easily able to put myself into, this is a meet and greet. This is a meet everyone. And so I was the fun version of myself. The next yeah. time I see those, now I, I fear, because I overthink it, oh, they're going to think we're friends and... And, and struggle and, to have difficult and, combo yeah struggle to say no I, sorry I'm not joking when I say you have to do this yeah which is which again yeah, people, people if you followed the episodes you must be getting a feel for, for us both and our personality types and that's just something I've struggle. always been I've, I've never struggled with that and therefore that's so it's it's useful that's a that's a mechanism that can be um can be can be used there. Um, sorry, I took us a little a little bit off track from uh, from what we were discussing, but I thought it was it was an opportune moment to to just spend some time talking talking about that. Hopefully, this has been 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 useful. And if you're that smaller business, as we said, you some juices are flowing. And hey, how can we uh, how can we take over the world? There's right? no right or wrong way, but hopefully, this inspired you in some way. Absolutely, to take a leap. All right, we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye.